As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Deckheads, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Deckheads with your hosts, Nick and Anna. Broadcasting from the bottom of the boat, below, below deck. Ooh, I'm horny. All yacht talk, all the time. I'm having a party. We're shoveling coal to keep this show afloat. I love cocaine. We're off the map in international waters. I need some drama, me. Hide that cocaine. Never. In my nose. Just so you know, I'm in an open relationship. Below deck. Woo! Below Deckhead. Nick. Anna. How are you? I'm doing okay. However, yeah? I do have something to complain about. Go ahead. Well, you know how yesterday I got a Land's End order? Yes. And it was quite obvious from the Zoom that the shirt was too big. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought a nice pair of floral shorts. Uh-huh. Too small. Oh, you can't. I mean, how annoying is that? You order the sizes that you wear, and one of them's too big, and the other one's too small. They should either both be too big or both be too small. Did you get your size, your right size, my friend? I mean, I got my usual. That always bums me out. Unless I got thinner on top and fatter down below. Oh, it's just like the waist is too tight. No, I'm just saying the shorts are too small. The whole thing's too small. Oh. My bird's got to sing, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, sure. My lion's got to roar. Yeah, sure. You know, my dick ain't going to get COVID. Ain't no reason to wrap that guy up. Right, right, right. Huh. Well, my least favorite thing is when random clothes from somewhere you're shopping just run small. It's so upsetting. It's like, what are you, what are we doing different? It's like, Hey, why don't you go to the mall, buy a bunch of clothes and see what sizes those are. Right. That's why I yell at everyone to go to the mall. I think the mall is such a cool place. I agree. Now, if you guys hear drilling in the background, my bad. They're still doing work on my ceiling. They did fix the part where it fell through in my bathroom. They did. They they threw it back up. Yeah. And they like did the thing that they do where they like plaster it. Did they give you money off rent? No, of course not. That's fucked up. How many days did you have a hole in your ceiling? Um... Like two days? They should prorate that shit. Yeah. Let's see, nice two days uh, based on your monthly rent is probably four fifty. Uh yeah. How much do you think I pay a month? Uh, about sixty bucks. About hundred hundred and twenty bucks. 
a month? Yeah. Where do you uh, you think I live in like a shack? I would be very surprised if that were not the case. Do you live in huh. a nice place? I mean, it's not a shack. It, yeah. I don't know, because I can see it. So watch what you say. Okay, well, you record in a closet, so. Yeah, my palatial estate. I record in the closet because of the acoustics. Okay, well, you know what, guys? Don't ever listen to Nick. I live in a beautiful home. Seven bedrooms, 18 baths. I, I, I live the life. You have and 18 baths? Yes. Why? Mm. Okay. Imagine having a place that um, you could afford but had 18 baths, <laughs> bathrooms. Like, yeah. you just lived in a time, in like a normal size house that just was divided into 18 bathrooms for no reason. Be pretty cool, right? I think it would be pretty cool. Imagine your friends come over and like they're drinking, watching the game. And one's like, oh, do you mind if I go pee? And then, you know, me and Lyra just start laughing. Because our house is made for pee. Yum, 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 yum. Give it to me. What if I was like, ooh, sorry, someone's in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, we could do so many cool jokes like that. Ooh, sorry. Um... Um, hey, uh, I know that Rob's in the bathroom. You guys don't happen to have a second bathroom, do you? Ooh, so sorry. It looks like, yeah, uh, God, 18 people have taken up each bathroom. Wait a minute. There's 17 other people here I didn't know were here? Yeah, oof. Um, they must have been in there a long time. Bad news, um, 3,000 people are at my house right now, so there's not a single free bathroom. I'm confused by you. You're giving me different numbers. There are 3,000 people yeah. here? That seems hard to believe. It looks like a normal-sized house with uh, just a lot of tiny bedrooms or whatnot. Closets? Those are bathrooms. No yeah. way! 18 mm-hmm. bathrooms. and I, You were making those jokes earlier. Now, that is funny. Retroactively very funny. But uh, I got to be honest with you. I, oh, whoops. Too late. What? Yeah, I... I peed my pants. Oh, no. Uh, well, good thing my entire uh, house is covered in pee pads because you just never know. What a joy. <laughs> if only yeah. I had remembered to put pee pads in my pants. Uh, however, I do have to tend to this issue. Uh, is there a bathroom? What? what? <laughs> so I just go in any door then. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, my name's Stan, by the way. One could argue I could care less. Okay, guys. This, that whole bit, that whole many bathrooms bit, I bet it was riveting. And I, yes, I'm aware. In the last episode, I said we would do better. And I'm already letting you guys down. Look, I'm making up for us. And I think... I think they can see that. Guys, it's the finale. It's the motherfucking finale of Below Deck Season 7. This is episode 18, officially the finale. Anna, does this mean that most likely Sparks will fly? Um, No, I think finales notoriously on this show are pretty boring. Because they end... uh anticlimactically. Yeah, they end with everyone packing their bags and leaving and like saying goodbye to Captain Lee. <laughs> they they end with everyone being like, you know how we usually have a ton of work to do and it's very stressful? Yeah. Now we have nothing. Yeah. So what are you going to do this summer? Yeah. And they're like, I'm going back to work on another boat. Yeah, what are you going to do now? Well, I didn't earn all the money I'll need in my lifetime. So I'm going to go back to work immediately. Yeah. Me, I'm going to live in Thailand with that dude's grandparents. Yeah. That it's not exciting. Like it's do, just yeah. not exciting. So I yes, want to go it's... home with Tanner and see his mom. Oh, God. Why does she sound like that? 
You oh, never wow. loved Tana. I used to love Tana, but now I miss Mama. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had to give up my life of loving you to mother you. Deanna Hosnier story. Yeah, so Below Deck Season 7, Episode 18. Could you do that if you fell in love with a Benjamin Button? Could you go from loving him to taking care of him as Kate Blanchett does in the movie? I've never seen Benjamin Button. Get your shit together, okay? Okay. For once, get your shit together. I just... uh... Now, this movie is a solid 58 on Rotten Tomatoes to me. So, get your shit together. The, um... The special effects, though, incredible. I mean, Brad Pitt looks fuckable. What? As a baby? <laughs> I didn't know. Come on. That is not what I said. What are you saying? He gets the age regression technology. That was where it was debuted. You know, the one that fucked up uh, the Irishman for no reason. Well, when it was used in Benjamin Button to make Brad Pitt look, you know, like... Thelma and Louise Brad Pitt, it was very good. Hmm. The younger he looks, the more attracted to him you are. <laughs> to a point. There is the threshold. And um, also, I have to admit, at no point is he um, attractive to me. I, am I attracted to him? You know, I recognize that he is very beautiful. And you are trying to fuck. I'm not trying to have sex with Brad Pitt. I wouldn't enjoy that. And I I know how disappointing that sounds to straight women. But it's the truth. It's true. Straight women are bummed out when you won't admit you want to fuck Ryan Gosling. I don't want to fuck Ryan Gosling. Um... Okay, well... I'm sorry! Why do I have to keep apologizing to the, for this? I don't know. So, um, it is... <sighs> Nick wants to fuck young Brad Pitt. So, it is Below Deck, Season 7, Episode 18, the finale. We continue with Kevin bringing out the penis cake for Jamel, even though she already went to bed because she was drunk. Here's what they do. Turn down the lights, right? Mm-hmm. You got to stop the conversation. Turn all the lights off. And then you got to light the sparklers in the other room. Okay? Oh, and yeah. they don't know because it's like right there, you know, so they don't see they see something's happening. There's like sparks coming from the kitchen. And then they, they drop in the song. Bring them out. Bring them out. You know, Jay-Z. They just... it. They pump it out. Bring them out. Bring them out. And then building up the tension. People are like, what the fuck is going on? Boom. You go in. Sparklers, dick cake, and it is fucking mayhem. That's how you do it. That didn't happen here. That's how you do it. That did not happen here. Call me this year's Bugsy. Uh, Nick, I'm not Nick. Kevin comes out. He's holding a dick cake. Everyone's like, what? And Kate says, People are like, and yes, there are a lot of kids in the world who need love that are not, what's this? (laughs) Yeah, the conversation was so serious. But then cut to Kevin with a dick cake. Um, And and Kate says she was having a laugh. And it can't be the first time Kevin has shown his penis and gotten a disappointed reaction. Uh, Kevin is so confused by the reaction of the guests, and Kate tells him the guests should be able to see his cake even though Jamel went to bed. And he says it's so embarrassing and a waste of a day, and Kate is evil for this move. And Kate says it was on their preference sheet, so they should be able to see his work. And I kind of agree. Like, it was on their preference sheet. Like, he should show, like, at least that he did make the cake. I mean, yes, Kate kind of screwed him over by making it a whole shabazz, but, like, even if she didn't do that, he should at least walk out and be like, hey, guys, like, I know Jamal went to bed, but, like, I did make that penis cake you asked for. Unfortunately, like, we can't present it because she's not here. So I'll just cut it up and you guys can just eat it. But Courtney says the whole thing was a little bit awkward, but Kevin is overreacting. And the guests love the cake. So whatever. Uh, and Kevin is, said, is sitting on the deck talking to himself. Yeah, nobody like, said anything about the cake negative. They were just like, oh, dick. No, no, they just, Bravo didn't put the volume on. 
and you're supposed to think it's like mayhem, and then yeah. it's not backed up with any any footage. Yeah, it was fine. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot you also work for Universal. No, I'm just saying. I mean, like they asked for the cake. It'd be different if if yeah, but if they just- didn't ask for the cake. Jamel asked for the cake on her preference sheet. You know. Yeah, but you think she didn't tell her friends? Like, and we gonna have a dick shaped? No, cake she my- famously uh, it goes in the vault. She's got one of the most famous vaults on television. Okay. You're full of shit. It's in the vault. I was in the pool in the vault. Hey, there's a couple of Seinfeld quotes. You, you've never seen Seinfeld, is that right? No, we I should have. do a Seinfeld rewatch podcast. No, I'd rather not. And it's every day, obviously, um, and twice a day. Oh God! What do you think? <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> yeah, Could you imagine I don't know. having a real job. Oof, that'd be tough. I do have a real job. Uh, okay, so yes, I don't think it's that big a deal. Kevin is sitting by himself in the uh, the tender on the deck and like spiraling and talking to himself. And Simone thinks Kate was being selfish for doing that, but it's Kevin, so whatever. He sucks. Who cares? Like I could care. This whole storyline, I'm like, yeah, who cares? It's Kevin. Like he sucks. Kevin's an asshole to everyone. Like let him suffer a little. Whatever. Yeah. He's not going to win any awards, and no one is going to be winning any awards. No one in this boat will ever win an award of any kind, except for shittiest cast. Yeah. Ashton wants to squash his beef with Riley, but again, I don't even care. Like, I don't care. Like, what does that even mean in this context? And he's like, I don't want this season to end so poorly between us. But I'm like, bro, it's too late. Just say goodbye. Walk away. Don't ever work together again. You tried to get her fired twice in two seasons. And you didn't. And she should have been fired. And she wasn't because she's a source of conflict for Below Deck on Bravo starring Universal's Anna Hosnier's Opinions. You're right. And you know what? I don't think she should have been fired. So fuck off, Nick. So Captain Lee tells Kate that the dick. Captain Lee tells Kate that the dick cake was poor timing and so embarrassing. And Kate's like, whatever. Who cares? And again, I don't care either. Who cares? It's a dick cake. They thought it was funny. (sighs) So Tanner calls his mom and she's like, are there sharks there, Tanner? Yeah, Mom, I'm riding two sharks right now. And he's like, where how does your mind get to that, Mom? And he said he loves his mom, but she's so soft and gentle. And she wouldn't like that everyone was upset with each other on the boat. And she'd be like, can everyone just get along? Oh, who doesn't love that person? She's so Long Island. Can we forget all of our opinions and thoughts and feelings and just smile at each other while we eat pudding? Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. I love smiling at someone while I eat pudding. I love eye con- sustained eye contact while eating. Pudding? Yeah, and I also love smiling while eating. Mm. Try to do it. Just try to, right now, just smile and then start chewing. <laughs> I mean, that's psychotic. This is, it's not psychotic. Oh, sorry. It's we uh, off-putting. Absurd. Off-putting. There you go. See, you did it. I did it. All right, guys. Brian tries to say goodnight to Courtney and she literally says whatever, which I thought was funny. And Kevin says he wants to go out and apologize to everyone about the dick cake. And Kate tells him, Kate and basically the stews are like, it's okay. You don't need to. He needed to serve dessert. And he's like, well, where was the information that Jamel went to bed? And Kate says that, well, Kevin called her a dick earlier that day over plates, over dishes of what to take to the beach. And she says, well, today I was not the dick. And Kevin's like, no, the cake was the dick. Kevin's upset. So he starts going after Kate. And she's, he's like, why do you even go to beach picnics? You can't even train your stews to do it themselves. And she's like, no, my stews are capable of going. But also, like, what is this argument? Yeah, what does he give a shit? Yeah, I was like, who cares if Kate, like, at least someone's doing it. Like, it doesn't matter. 
Like, what do you need her for on the boat? Like, all the guests are off the boat. Yeah. Are you I don't just know. all you need to be doing right now is preparing dinner? It was it was a weird attack. Like it made no sense. He's just ready to attack for anything. Yeah, he really really wants to be an interesting character. Well, Simone says she's happy that Kevin is standing up to Kate, but like, why? Because literally, again, Kevin said she was dumb at the beginning of the season, and it's like, must feel good to to stand up for a guy who put you down. All right, don't let the bastards get you down. Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. We're back. And we're proud. What's on your neck there? It's a wet towel because I'm hot. It's 102 degrees right now in North Hollywood. Yeah, it's uh, 42 degrees in Hollywood. That's um, considerably. No it's what you're saying right now. It's 102. Yeah. yeah, for me. Oh, well, that's not bad. It's 100 here. Well, where I am. I don't know why, but my AC is not reaching my bed, my bedroom very well right now, and our power keeps tripping because. Oh yeah. Our air conditioners are on, and it's a problem. It's like, can't handle it. Yeah. But uh, then what we did was we unplugged everything else that was being plugged into the same outlets that our air conditioners were using, and they haven't gone off since. Hmm. Little tip. Lyra Googled it. She's a genius. 
Good for get her. you so- a Lyra. If I got one life life hack, get you a Lyra. All right. Okay. All right. Okay, guys. Kevin is bummed out and says he wanted to finish on a high note, and now he doesn't even know who to trust. And they go to bed, and it's the next day. Uh, I'll tell you who to trust, Kevin. No one, because you suck. Actually, it's 106 in North Hollywood right now. Why the fuck would you tell me that? Well, it's true. Look. No, that can't be accurate. That's what? That's fucking Siri, dude. That's fucked up. 106. Unhealthy air quality for sensitive groups, it says. It also says that for Hollywood. And for Glendale. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's a monster outside. Monster, an absolute monster. I did a bunch of errands, and it killed me. And then I came home, and Lyra had turned off the air conditioner, and it was 1,000 degrees in the house. And I thought, why? Why did you do this? Well, let's get started, huh? Let's get into this. (laughs) Sorry, I was listening to your super interesting story. Final episode. It's the last day of Charter. The rest of the guests are telling Jamil about the dick cake, and she's like, wow, so I missed it. And Ashton asks to meet with Riley on deck. And I'm like, just fucking stop. And he says he's trying to defuse her because they have one night out that night and he doesn't want things to pop off between them. And he says it's clear that they have their differences and it's clear it goes deeper than work. And they're, ju- they're just two different people and that's okay. And it's the end of the season. And uh, he just wants them to have a good night out. And she's like, yeah, I also want us to have a good night out and I'll hold myself accountable for my actions. And she says there's nothing left for her and Ashton to talk about. And I agree. There is nothing left for these two to talk about. There's nothing left for anyone on this show to talk about. If any one of these people come back next season, I will flip my shit out. I don't want to see any of them. Not one of them. Well, I don't. Well, Kate's clearly not coming back. Kate is done. Nobody. I will write a strongly worded letter to the producers on Broadway. Oh, no. You don't know what anything is. Oh. Yeah. So the deck crew pulls up anchor for the last time and the guests are having breakfast and Tanner is flirting with the ladies and he says um, the odds are looking in his favor to hook up with Kate that night. Oof. And Kate says Tanner, you got something way better than Kate waiting for you back on land. His mom? Aisha. Oh. Mm. Kate says, I don't like that they hooked up because I think Aisha could do so much better. than. Of course, no one likes it. I'm just saying it's good for him. Yeah. He sucks. And it's bad for Aisha because Aisha should be with me and Lyra. In a threesome situation? Yes. Cool. I'm into that. Thank you. I'm into watching you guys have a threesome. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll watch. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'll watch you guys have a threesome. I mean, so, who would say no to that? Most people. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hey, uh, this this goes out to any of our listeners. If you're down with Anna watching, uh, send her a link. You? Why would people have a link of you guys having sex with Asia? No, the link of themselves having sex. Like you, they can want you can watch a live stream of them. Any of our listeners? No, no, I don't want to watch anyone else. No, but you, no, no, Lyra, we're doing this. Asia, no, I just we're doing watch. this. All right, guys, our first sweepstakes. I have a dirty preference, and it's you, Aisha, and Lyra. <laughs> okay. And I won't. I, this it's no- going to change the dynamic of this show. If we start having guests on, (laughs) if I start having guests in my bedroom and on my podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll run it by Lyra. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I don't think he'll change the dynamic. I'll just um, know more about you. You sure will. I'll be like, wow. So you guess he can't get it up. Huh? Oh, that's, I have the opposite problem. (laughs) You're the horniest man alive. All right. Well, yeah. Who isn't? God. So Kate says she's not talking to Kevin again until he apologizes to her for insulting her chief stewisms. 
and that Kevin has made his fair share of large mistakes and has said horrible things and has embarrassed her in front of the stews and she's just over it. Kevin takes some food out to the guests and Jamil apologizes to him for missing his dick cake and he says, he tells him they were his favorite charter this season and then they tell him he looks like Tom Cruise. And I'm like, why? Because he's got like that weird... No chin? Tooth situation? Is tiny it the teeth? nose? He doesn't... I don't think he looks like Tom Cruise. There's one angle, like if you looked at him just like a... Just like right at the balls... He looks like Tom Cruise, but you just have in matching the balls. balls. Yeah, I'm gonna put a side by side of Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's balls, and also uh, you got put up uh, William Mapather. No fan listeners. I know you guys aren't fans. You're just listeners. You hate right, us. Right. But tell us if you think Kevin looks like Tom Cruise. I- I'm curious. William Mapather was from Lost. He's uh, Tom Cruise's cousin. Looks uh, like an ugly, ugly, the ugliest version of Tom Cruise you can get. Is he actually his cousin? William, yeah. Tom Cruise's name is uh, Tom Mapather. He changed it to Cruise. Oh yeah, you're right. Yikes! That guy actually kind of looks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, he looks like Kevin. You mean? It was Ethan. And uh, she'll put up a picture of everyone we're talking about uh, on the internet. No, you have to look up William Math- Mapather yourself. Okay. He played Ethan on Lost. Yes. For all you Lost heads out there. It's the realization I just had. So the guests asked to pop some bottles of champagne on the deck for their final hurrah. Uh, and they spray around the top of the deck. And they're like, woo! And the crew watches them. And Kate says Jamil wasn't her favorite at the beginning, but was the quintessential mean head cheerleader, but then realized she was wrong and had the grace to say that. And Kate respects her for that. So they docked a boat for the last time. And of course, Captain Lee blows the horn to scare the deck crew and laughs. And it's like, yeah, hilarious. He blew it. He fucking blew it. And the guests are leaving. And Jamil says everyone was amazing. And she calls Captain Lee sexy as she's leaving. Sexy as she's leaving. I don't get why she does that. Well, it's probably because she found Tim sexy and wanted to give him a compliment. I honestly don't. Oh, get you it. don't like that? A woman can't call a man sexy now. No, I mean, I it's guess a compliment. He could be seen as sexy, but I just don't see it with Captain Lee. Oh, I see it. She had dinner with him, and she was very inebriated. She probably felt. In love. You know what I thought was weird? Hmm. You know how there were seven women on this trip? No, five women on this trip. Five women on this trip. Yeah. And so when they were eating dinner, there were three of them on one side, two of them on the other side. And then Captain Lee sat at the head of the table, which meant that there was one girl on the end by herself uh, Uh with no one sitting across from her. Then Jamel goes to bed. Uh-huh. So there, that, there's an empty seat next to the captain, and that woman is still all by herself in no man's land, and nobody moved down or asked her to go sit next to the captain. That was rude. Well, I don't know. Maybe they told her not to, to kind of create more drama when Kevin came out with the dick cake. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the clear seat would just be missing. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like... Is that my dick cake, too? Uh, yeah, theory. That's a theory. So, uh, yeah, the guests leave, and it is tip meeting time. And Captain Lee says this is the first time he didn't have to terminate anyone all season. That says a lot. That's what he said. He's like, that, that says a lot that I didn't have to fire someone. And if you don't think I can fire no one, you don't know me very well. Yep. Uh, and we learned that they got a $20,000 tip. 20K tip. It's pretty good. It's very good compared to all the cheap skates on this show. That means that they got a 154700 all season. And that each person made $14,063. That's good. Decent. That's it's a lot decent. more than I would have guessed. Yeah, that's decent. Because they sure do complain about their tips a lot. Yeah. But Captain Lee says that he has arranged a full moon party on a private beach for them that evening. And everyone's like, woo! 
So they work on flipping the boat before they go out that night. And after working, all the guys jump off the boat together and the girls all have pink champagne to celebrate. And Kate says she's never experienced a season where it was such boys versus girls, but the girls bonded because the guys were such assholes. I agree. Sure, babe. Sure, babe. Simone says she has a lot of things she would like to say to Kate, but she's not going to because she just wants to keep it professional and have a good night out. And Courtney tells the girls that things are very awkward between between her and Brian right now, but she has no intentions of getting back together with him because what is the point? She'll probably never see him again after this. It's true. Nobody ever sees anybody ever again. It's like The Bachelor. Like, I'm sure one couple is going to get married and then the rest will never see each other again. They will break up months before the show comes out. Yeah. And that's a fact. Well, not necessarily. So everyone's getting ready to go out. It's a fact. Okay, dude. Everyone's getting ready to go out and the guys are all doing shots before they go to the beach and they take another boat to their private beach party and it's a really nice setup. They have like a fire sign that says my valor. incredible. Yeah, they have like a bar. They have like cabanas. It's insane that it's just for them. Yeah, they have like fire dancers dancing for them. It's the and then coolest like, party setup I've ever seen in my life. Imagine being able to throw a party there with your friends. It would be very but, fun. And now imagine um, just uh, having a party with the seven people that you work with. It would be less fun. No offense. You know, I'm not you specifically. I'm not... I'm saying generally the people that you work with are maybe not the people you would have at the most fun party spot in the entire world if you had the ability to invite your all of your friends. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Very long way around, but... Yes. Well, I got quite nervous while I was in the middle of it. <sighs> it's okay, Nick. It's okay. Thanks. Thank Yeah. That What? You need to just calm down. Thank just you. slow Shh. your heart rate. Shh. Okay. So, yeah, like there's fire dancers. There's like other like server women dancers, private cabanas. There's a bar. I, I think it's going to be a fun time. And back on the boat, Captain Lee is just casually and calmly ironing his shirt. Oh, yeah, that's some good steam. That's real hot. What was he saying? I don't even know. He was just like, mm, 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 oh yeah, that's a that's that's a good steam. He's like la di da di da di da. He's like, yeah, that's a good press. Oh yeah. Oh wait till I show Marianne how good I did it. Da di da da da. Hello, this is Marianne. Go for Marianne. Hello. Go for. Lee, is that you? Yes. Hi. Uh, it's yes, me. it's me, Marianne. No, I'm Captain Lee. Who are you? An imposter. What? I'm Marianne. <laughs> yes, but then you said you're Captain Lee as well. I'm Captain Lee. No, I never said that. Lee, you're not acting very Captain Lee. Who is this? <laughs> this is your lovely bride, Marianne. Okay, so why did you say you were Captain Lee a second ago? Is this how it ends for Captain Lee? What? Yeah, is that what you're saying? He's gonna, he's gonna get Alzheimer's. Ugh, no. So uh, Brian tells Courtney that he doesn't want to end things on a bad note. Hold on, before um, we end, which one's your favorite Duff? What's my favorite? What's a Duff? Like Hillary Duff, Haley Duff. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I guess Hillary. Okay, I'd sorry, I had to know. All right, back to you. Oh, God, you're annoying. Mine's so, Duff Kagan. Okay, well, the Guns I, have an I-, I have an idea. Fuck off. Okay. Okay, so. Um, also, Duff from MTV was pretty cool. Are you right, done? Get to Boat Facts. How do you even get to Duff? I like Duffy Boats. Um, I have a Boat Fact up and a video auto-played, and it was of Haley Duff c- cooking. Okay, well, I have bad news. We have the rest of the episode to do. What? All right. Um, I guess, guys, uh, give me a hashtag. Uh, favorite Duff. Hashtag favorite 
and then um, put whatever Duff name in. Uh, that's your favorite. Um, all right. See you guys on Twitter. All right. So Brian I'm tells Courtney that he, no, you can't leave Nick. Oh, Nick. <laughs> I'm back. You have to do your part. I'm back. I'm back. Do you guys know Nick is constantly trying to leave me hanging? Duff. Now, if you're not into that, hashtag Duff is enough. Whoa. Because we are done. Like we are done with this Duff bit. Yeah. God damn, doggy. Uh, can't wait to get that hashtag in four weeks when I have no idea what's going on. So Brian tells Courtney that he doesn't want to end things on a bad note uh, and that it's been awkward lately, but he had a lot of fun with her and this whole season has been about her. And he keeps asking her, what does she want to do? And she's like, what? What do you want to do? Anytime anyone asks you what you want to do, you have to say, I want to shoop. Shoop. Dee whoop, dee whoop, dee whoop. That shoop. What do you want to do? Well... He's like, just say you're full of shit. And she's like, you say you're full of shit. So they both do that. And then they make out. And Courtney says, fuck it. She just wants to end things on a good note with Brian. Oh and then they God. see like a really cool as fuck fire show. She yeah. Dope. Imagine if all your friends were there and not fucking Riley. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Could you imagine if you had a party and Riley showed up? I'd kick her out. I wouldn't mind Who would much. you rather have at your party? Riley or... Uh, what was that first idiot's name? The first chief stew. God, what is her name? Um, the devil. Let's take yeah. a quick break while you think of that, and we'll be right back. Adrian, to finish off show. Let's. We'll be right back. Gangbang. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
And we're back. Yeah. You know what the toughest gang in Los Angeles is? Huh? The Adrian gang. No, thanks. Um, Ashton says he doesn't want to cause any problems. So he's taking a nap and being a good boy. He's basically like asleep in one of the cabanas. And Kevin and Kate are drunk and talking about how they're both assholes. And it gets awkward quick because he says that she isn't a very good chief stew because she was checked out. And she says, well, you're a shit yacht chef and a faker. And then Tanner is trying to defend Kevin, which is unnecessary in this moment. And Riley says Kate doesn't like anyone to question her, but she's also very vulnerable. And Kate excuses herself from the guys and goes away from them because they're talking shit to her. Kevin's talking shit to her. And Simone says she doesn't understand Kate because they'd be getting along and then she would say something that upset Simone. So she was always at odds with Kate. And Tanner is wasted and trying to creep on Kate, but she's avoiding him and then tells him that she's a lesbian and that this is never going to happen because he was defending Kevin like five minutes ago. And he's so drunk, he has no idea what she means. He's like, wait, today I was? And then Simone says it was amazing to wash your hands of Tanner and get on with her life because he's such a drunk fool. And also, like, what is Tanner's plan here? Like, get so drunk that you, like, pass out on a woman while attempting to hook up with her? I mean, these fucking idiots. It's like, what do you need to do tonight? Do you need to... Have nine drinks and then um, have sex with a woman, or do you need to have twelve drinks and um, your dick falls out? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like their plan is always to drink so much and then attempt to hook up when there's no ability to hook up. Idiots! They could be slaying every night like I do. Yikes! Well, uh, Kevin is wasted. And out of nowhere, he just kicks sand in Kate's face. Mm. And Brian tells him it's not cool and he shouldn't do that and he should apologize. But Kevin is so drunk, he can barely talk. He's just like... And I'm like, cool, look. Can't wait for your daughter to grow up and see this. And so Kate's like, I want to leave. And so they go wake up Ashton and like, we're leaving. And so they're on a boat back to um, the yacht and Kate is very annoyed that Kevin kicks sand into her face. And Brian's like, yeah, like, it wasn't cool and it's fucked up, but Kate's overreacting. It's like, bro, shut up. Brew, shut up. And so they get back to the boat and Kevin Brew. is so wasted that the guys basically have to, like, carry him onto the boat. But once he gets on the boat, uh, he's walking around naked with just a towel and everyone's just laughing at him. Kate goes to bed in the main guest room to sleep uh, and flips off the camera before closing the door. And then Courtney and Brian go into a guest room as well to spend the night. And then... And then Tanner stumbles into Captain Lee's room for the night. And Captain Lee says, hey, Tanner, how come you... Will you please give me a shirt? I'm completely naked. All I have is my big hairy belly out. Unless, actually, unless you want to be my shirt. And Tanner, do you want to be Captain Lee's shirt tonight? And Tanner's like, Are there sharks? Did you get a sex worker pregnant? Oh my God, it's Tanner's mom. No, it's Tanner. Oh, okay. Confused. Yeah. I know you are. Okay. Yeah? Uh, it's the next day. Oh, you can't so, um, character. Tanner says he's still wasted in the morning, and Kate is going into her room, and Kevin is smiling at her, and she gets pissed and is like, why are you smiling? And he's like, because I'm leaving. And then she calls him out for talking shit to her the night before and kicking sand in, in her face. And Kevin says he doesn't remember kicking sand in her face, but he obviously did it for a reason. And Brian says he was pretty hammered last night, and he passed out. But then he says, use your imagination to figure out what happened between him and Courtney. Hmm. Let me see. I I, I guess, I guess, let me guess what happened. Um, They go in the room, and then 10 seconds later, Captain Lee stumbles in. (laughs) And he says, hey, uh, has anyone seen my shirt? I was wearing Tanner earlier, but he came, so I need a new shirt. And then Tanner shows up and he's like, hey, guys, don't get pregnant. How come no one asks me to write porn scripts? I really think I I can do it. 
I think you just have to put it out into the universe and someone will ask. All right, guys. I'm down to be hired to write porn scripts for very good money. Like okay. uh, for a 10-minute script, I'll need $100,000. Mm. All right. Mm. Put it out in the world. Good. Thank you. Good call. Good. Thank you. Good call. Good. Thank you. Good call. Yeah. Simone says things didn't work out with her and Tanner because he's a child. Kate tells Simone that she did a great job, but Simone doesn't really want to say goodbye to Kate because it was, she says, the most disingenuous relationship she's ever come across. But she learned one valuable lesson from Kate, which is to be self-reliant. And she says after this season, she is heading to the med to try and get on a boat and get a little more hands-on experience, service experience because that's the more experience, the better she'll get. And then Simone leaves. Uh, and Tanner says being rejected by Kate makes him stay humble. Uh, and Kate says she doesn't regret not hooking up with Tanner, but if they're in, ever in the same zip code, it's a sure thing. And Tanner says yachting is the best job he's ever had, and he's going straight back into it, but is excited to go home and see his mom. Yeah, he's not going straight back into it. He's going home to see his fucking mom. Yeah, he's an idiot. Tanner leaves, and he's barefoot. Oh, Tanny. Yeah. And Courtney says she's happy to be done with this season because she's not working anymore. And she says saying goodbye to Brian is bittersweet, but they have a very easy relationship. No, no, she didn't. She said they have a very easy friendship. Uh, she says the first thing she's going to do is have a nice dinner out that isn't pad thai. And then she says she'll do yachting again, but for now she just needs a vacation. And then Courtney leaves. And Kevin says he's learned where he wants to head and where he wants to be now. And he's ready to go home to his daughter and go on vacation with her and then back to cooking. And he says that he doesn't want to say goodbye to Riley or Kate because he's just over them. And then Kate sees Kevin leaving without saying goodbye, and she calls out to him from the deck and says goodbye, but he basically ignores her, and then Kevin is gone. <sighs> and Brian says uh, goodbye to Kate and Riley, and he says that he'll he'll stay in yachting because he wants to be a captain or something, and he says he wants to see his daughter. He can't wait to see his daughter, and seeing her will make him relax, and then he leaves. And then Kate tells Riley to be civil when saying goodbye to Ashton, and uh, she's like, how about you're a shit bosun or something like that? And then Riley says she hasn't been able to fit in and she isn't sure if it's the yacht world or if it's just her, but she's grateful Has for she Kate. Has she ever fit in anywhere? Yeah, on a, on a fisher boat. No, there's no one else there. She's the captain. There's no fitting in. Nobody fits in with Lee. You know, he's the captain. I bet there's really nowhere she fits in. Well... Anyway, it's sad. She, says she doesn't know if she's it's the yacht world or if it's just her, but she's grateful for Kate this season because without her. her in her corner, she wouldn't have stuck it out as long as she did. Riley says she's not disappointed in her behavior this season because she actually showed a lot of reserve. And I agree, she did. She popped off a lot more last season. And as she's leaving, she's like, bye, Ashton. I appreciate you for, t for tolerating me. And Riley says that she will keep yachting in her back pocket, but for now, she's going to go back to Alaska and run charters and fish and not think about Ashton. And then Riley leaves. And Ashton says he finds Kate disrespectful and thinks she's crossed department boundaries and is disappointed and done with her. And Kate says goodbye to Ashton and says, but it's been the same the whole season in her interactions with him. Civil but fake. And Ashton says, thank you to Captain Lee for giving him the bosun role and says it was a it was a challenging season for him, but it was his first season at bosun and he thinks he's learned a lot. And he says he learned that he will he still has a lot of a lot of room to grow, but is very capable. Then he said he's headed to Florida now to hang with Ross and then find a boat with a Bahamas itinerary. And then he says he hopes to join a crew with no redheads. And then Ashton leaves. And Kate says goodbye to Captain Lee. I'll never see you again. Right. She says this was a challenging season for her, but she's going to go spend a week alone in a resort and relax and then head to Florida to pack up her life and move to New York. And she is scared, but she was also scared to first start yachting. And now she's ready for a new adventure. And uh, so then she, she moved leaves. To, uh, she moved to New York right before pandemic. I think so. Sex. And then Captain Lee says he still has the best goddamn job in the world. 
And then the episode ends, and that's the end of season seven, you guys. Oh. And it's, I'm not gonna lie, I'm excited for the reunions. I'm I'm happy. I want this shit to pop off. Uh, it seems like I mean, there's I can't so much anything shit that would excite me. But maybe if Tanner's mom showed up, like you know, we talked about. Maybe if um, if like, what if Brian and Courtney are married? No. What if Riley was pregnant? No. What if Kate was pregnant? Well, we'll see yes. next time on Decades. Is it time for Boat Facts with Nikki T's? Hit me, bit me. So a Nigerian cook who survived mm-hmm. three days in a shipwreck. What? He, yes. Um, he had survived three days in an upside-down tugboat at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and then he saw lights in the water. This is in 2013. Air bubbles rose around the cook as he squatted in an air pocket. A diver was coming. Rescue seemed imminent for Harrison Ojeba Okene. But then the lights disappeared. Desperate, Okene swam through pitch-dark waters in the sunken boat to grab the diver. Okene couldn't find him, and with the air in his lungs giving out, he swam back to the cabin that held his precious but dwindling pocket of air. In an exclusive interview, he described the ordeal with his and his miraculous rescue that was videotaped and which went viral after it was put on the internet this month. The 29-year-old still has nightmares and vows to never return to the sea again. He has taken a new job as a cook on firm ground instead. He was the only survivor in a crew of 12 when the boat capsized. Some Nigerians believed he saved himself through black magic. Uh, he'd okay. survived on only one bottle of Coke. Two flashlights that he had found gave up after less than one day in the dark. He had almost given up hope after three days when he suddenly heard the sound of a boat hammering on the side of the vessel and then after a while saw lights in the rising waters around him bubbling. He said he knew it had to be a diver, but he was on the wrong end of the cabin. He came in, but it was too fast. So I saw the light, but before I could get out to him, he was already out. I tried to follow him in the darkness, but I couldn't trace him, so I went back. And then uh, the rescue the rescuers were looking only for bodies and had recovered four corpses when they came upon him. Jesus. So when they returned, he still had to swim again to reach him, and still he didn't see him. So he tapped him on the back of his neck. So he was afraid. And when the diver saw his hand, he said, corpse, 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 into his microphone. Damn. And he brought his hand close to me. I pulled on his hand and he yelled, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Pretty fucking nuts. Yeah, that's... Until his rescue, he believed his colleagues must have escaped. But they were all dead. Oh, no. Escaped to where? I don't know. And why they wouldn't have gone back for him. They're like, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Perfect. Anyway. Wow. Check it out. That's Boat Facts. I'll see you tomorrow. Wow, guys. Uh, Thank you for that really dark but interesting boat fact. Damn, that sucks, man. Like, And to survive that long? That takes resilience. I probably wouldn't. I'm a very weak soul. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. I'm a weak soul. I wouldn't have survived. Uh, Nick would have probably also not survived either because he's uh, no, Nick. I would have um, escaped to your death. Yeah, um, guys, that's the end of season seven. The next two episodes we're going to cover the two part reunion. Get excited because I am. So uh, yeah, follow us at Deckheads Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Email us at deckheadspod at gmail We have merch on T Public. And in the last episode, I said maybe submit some merch ideas. I'm into it if you're into it. Uh, yeah. I'm at Anna Hosea. Nick is at Nick's Turners. And lovelies, leave us a five-star review. We would be so lovely and happy. Oh, my gosh. A five-star review would make our hearts soar. Okay. Jumping and bumping. Peasy. Deckheads is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! 
But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 